Hey Grace242, I'm coming to you this week from Be Still Retreats, hence the beautiful background behind me. And last time that we had house church, Bob Turner told you the story of how he met his wife, Lori. So I'm going to tell you the story of how Morgan and I got together. I had played a cowboy in our school's musical when I was a junior in high school, and our winter formal was coming up, and Morgan had asked me, after seeing me on the stage, she asked me if I would accompany her to the dance. We ran in the same social circles, essentially, so I took her up on the offer, which led to a few months of dating, and then ultimately I asked her out on Valentine's Day of 2002, and we've been together ever since. I like to call us one-hit wonders because we've dated nobody but each other, so I don't know what it's like to date anyone else but Morgan. I've only ever been with Morgan, and neither of us know what it's like to have a breakup, so that's pretty awesome. An interesting take on this story is that recently a mutual friend of ours from high school who ran in the same social circles as ours became the vice president of General Synod for the Reformed Church in America. This friend of ours is a pastor in the RCA in Long Island, New York. And as I was looking for photos of that first snowball that Morgan asked me to, I found this group photo and I'm actually sitting next to this friend of ours who's now a pastor in Long Island, New York. And Morgan had told me, she said, I had considered asking that other friend to dances as well because I liked him as well and he's a great guy. And Morgan said to me after reading this news about him becoming the vice president in the RCA, she said, well, I guess this confirms I have a type and that type is pastor. Well, I'm blessed that I wound up with Morgan. And I tell you that story about how I met Morgan, how I met my wife, because Proverbs 31.10 that Aubrey read for us today talks about a godly wife. Look at Proverbs 31.10. It says, Who can find a virtuous and capable wife? She is more precious than rubies. Now, many of us have heard about the Proverbs 31 woman, and that's because chapter 31 is a portrait of an incredibly godly woman. Specifically, it's a picture of a godly wife. Now, this part of Proverbs is actually not from Solomon. Look at verse 31 of chapter 31. The sayings of King Lemuel contain this message, which his mother taught him. This portrait of a godly wife is from the mother of King Lemuel. We don't know who King Lemuel is, but verse 1 tells us that the portrait was being passed from King Lemuel's mom to King Lemuel. And now the portrait is being passed on to us. Now you might be a wife, but there's even more of you that aren't wives. And there's even more of you that aren't even married. And so I want to explore Proverbs 31 through four different categories of people. So that even if you're not a wife, which odds are you're probably not a wife, but even if you're not a wife, I think Proverbs 31 has words of wisdom for you. And we're going to explore Proverbs 31 through those four categories. And if you don't fall into one category, you'll fall into another. Here are the four categories. Proverbs 31 has wisdom for wives. It has wisdom for husbands. It has wisdom for wife hunters. And lastly, it has wisdom for all of us. Let's look at the first category. Proverbs 31 describes a wife. So we'll look at wives first. Look again at our popular proverb for today, and this time we'll read out of the NIV. Proverbs 31.10 says, A wife of noble character, who can find? She is worth far more than rubies. The wisdom from Proverbs 31 for wives is to value character above wealth. 
and wealth might even just be a signifier for all of the things the world has to offer. Wives are to value character above all of the offerings of this world. Look at Proverbs 31 verses 25 to 27. This is almost a mini portrait within the portrait, almost a three verse summary of this entire portrait of a godly wife. Look at verse 25. She is clothed with strength and dignity and she laughs without fear of the future. Do you see what her clothes signal about her? She's not wearing earthly wealthy clothes. She's not wearing Gucci. She's not wearing Louis Vuitton. No, her clothes are strength and dignity, which are character attributes. She's clothed in character. She's strong and she's dignified. Dignity is the quality of being respectable. It's being worthy of respect. She's wearing character clothes, not rich clothes. And then the portrait continues in verses 26 and 27. When she speaks, her words are wise and she gives instructions with kindness. She carefully watches everything in her household and suffers nothing from laziness. In other words, she is a woman of character. Out of her character flows her kindness and her instruction and her hard work. She is a woman of character. Wives, the word of wisdom for you today from Proverbs 31 is that character is to be valued over and against wealth or anything this world has to offer. This brings us to our next category, which is husbands. Now husbands, you might look at this woman portrayed in Proverbs 31 and you might be thinking, I wish my wife was a little more like that. And before you point the finger at your wife, you have to point it squarely at yourself, which is the biblical way. And this is what Proverbs 31 does for us as well. Look at verse 23 of Proverbs chapter 31. Her husband is well known at the city gates where he sits with the other civic leaders. Proverbs 31 gave that picture of a godly wife as one who is worthy of respect. She's dignified. But now here is the husband who is sitting at the city gates in a position of respect with the other leaders of the city leading their place of residence. And so only a man, only a husband who is respected would be well known at those city gates. And so the husband needs to be worthy of respect as well. Look at verses 28 and 29. Her children stand and bless her. Her husband praises her. And here's what he says. There are many virtuous and capable women in the world, but you surpass them all. Verse 29 is the husband praising his wife. There are many women out there, but you are the best of them all, he says. Do you do this, husbands, for your wives? Do you give words of affirmation? Do you verbally praise your wife? This praise from the husband in verse 29 reminds me of a statement from Alexander Hamilton to his wife Eliza. He actually wrote it to his wife Eliza, but the musical Hamilton also included it in one of their songs. Let's watch. Best of wives and best of women. Best of wives and best of women. Husbands, do you verbally praise your wife? Do you call out all the best parts of her and tell her what she means to you? In verse 23, we find the husband well-respected at the city gates. And then in verse 29, that husband is verbally praising his wife. Husbands, we want to be respected by our wives. We all want respect. 
And I think what Proverbs shows us here in chapter 31 is that in order to get respect, we have to give respect to our spouse. In order to earn respect from our spouse, we have to verbally praise our spouse. We have to give our spouse the verbal affirmations that they desire. You want to be respected? Give respect. In order to get respect, you got to give respect. This brings us to our third category, which sounds like a cheesy made-for-TV movie. That category is wife hunters. So this would be men who are either looking for a wife or men who are engaged and will soon have a wife. The theme of choosing a godly woman runs throughout the book of Proverbs. In chapter 7, Solomon warns against sinful women. And then chapter 8 is this pivotal chapter in the book that personifies wisdom as a woman, Lady Wisdom. And then chapter 9 lays Lady Wisdom and the woman of folly or the woman of sin side by side and says, choose the woman of wisdom from chapter 8. Don't choose the woman of folly from chapter 7. Now look at Proverbs 31:30. Charm is deceptive and beauty does not last but a woman who fears the Lord will be greatly praised. The first part of verse 30 describes a woman who looks good on the outside. Charming and beautiful, very attractive to the eyes, very attractive on the outside. But the second part of the verse describes a woman who is good and beautiful on the inside because she fears the Lord, because she loves the Lord. Last week, when we were talking about guarding our heart by watching our eyes, I told you about a friend of Morgan and I's who we're very frustrated with because he is engaged to a woman who is good looks on the outside, but just awful on the inside. My glimpses of her heart have just been horrifying, have been horrific. He was raised as a believer, and I don't think she's a believer at all because it's all about external. It's all about looking good on the outside and having a social media feed that looks as if you're living this glamorous life. But on the inside, I've seen glimpses of her heart when she talks about inviting guests to their wedding. And it's not an invitation. It's not an excitement about having guests at the wedding. It's you're here for me, so follow whatever I say. Her heart is gross. She has disgusting mess on the inside. And Proverbs 31:30 instructs exactly the opposite. Choose a woman who is beautiful on the inside because she fears the Lord. Do not get caught up in outward beauty of charm and good looks. So wife hunters, if you're looking for a wife or if you're engaged, make sure the woman you're pursuing fears the Lord on the inside. And don't get distracted or swayed or lulled by outward beauty and charm. It's what's on the inside that counts. Choose a woman who fears the Lord. This leaves the final category, which is everyone. So if you haven't fit into the previous three categories, this category is for you. And for this category, we have to flip to the beginning of the book. So flip all the way to Proverbs chapter one, and we'll read verse one, and we'll read verse eight. Let's look at Proverbs one, one. These are the Proverbs of Solomon, David's son, king of Israel. And now look at 8. Here's Solomon instructing his son. My child, listen when your father corrects you. Don't neglect your mother's instruction. So Proverbs opens with a father, Solomon, passing on wisdom to his kids. And what is that wisdom? Well, look at verse 7. Fear of the Lord is the foundation of true knowledge, but fools despise wisdom 
and discipline. So at the beginning of the book, in chapter 1, Solomon is instructing his child to fear the Lord. Now flip to the end of the book, chapter 31, which is the chapter we're studying today. It's actually the last chapter in Proverbs. And look again at verse 30, which is the second to last verse in the book. Charm is deceptive and beauty does not last, but a woman who fears the Lord will be greatly praised. Now remember that these words of wisdom about choosing a woman who fears the Lord are coming from King Lemuel. And these words of wisdom were passed to King Lemuel from his mother. So do you see how the book begins and ends? Proverbs begins with Solomon instructing his children to fear the Lord. And it ends with King Lemuel's mother instructing him to fear the Lord. So the words of wisdom for everyone this morning are the same that they were when we started this series, which is to fear the Lord. Fearing the Lord is wisdom. And in week one, I used scholar Walter Kaiser's definition of fearing the Lord, where he says, fear the Lord is a reverential awe of God. While I was writing this sermon, I was receiving text updates from our deacon Karen Barnes about her son, who was in a very serious motorcycle accident on Sunday. And Karen had kept me updated because it was not looking good. He was still breathing when the paramedics came to the scene of the accident, but the doctor said it was minute by minute and it actually prompted Karen to travel home from the south. She flew home on an emergency flight and a bunch of the family that was traveling returned home to be with the son. And I knew from Karen's messages to me and from my phone calls with her that before Karen flew home that it was very possible that Karen might not get to be with her son ever again because of how serious the accident was. And so we just began begging the Lord. We said, God, do a miracle. You're sovereign. You can do it. You cause all things to work for the good of those who love you. And we started just claiming scripture and praying scripture back to the Lord and saying, Lord, do a miracle. Your son Jesus says what to Bartimaeus, what do you want me to do for you? Well, if you're asking that to us, then heal Karen's son. And I was receiving these text updates. And with every update, there was just a little bit of progress and just a little bit of progress. And then overnight, there was a little more progress. And then I received this update that Karen had arrived back to Milwaukee, got to go to the hospital, be with her son, and that she actually experienced just a few moments of consciousness with him where he woke up and looked at his mom. He didn't say anything, but he woke up and looked at his mom. And the doctors had upgraded his position, still critical, but he was stable. It went from minute by minute to stable. And I just sat back and was in awe that over 24 hours, it went from we don't know if he's going to live to stable and moments of consciousness with his mom. That's a miracle. This is fear of the Lord that we call out to him, that we beg him and we know he is listening. And then we see him responding to us and we just sit back and say, wow, that is the awe of God that I'm experiencing this week. The word of wisdom for everyone today is to fear the Lord. And Proverbs 31 is this portrait of a godly wife who fears the Lord. But Jesus is actually the perfect portrait of one who fears the Lord. Look at what's prophesied 
about the Messiah, Jesus, in Isaiah 11, verses 2 to 3a, and we'll read out of the ESV. And the Spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him, the spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and might, the spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord. And his delight shall be in the fear of the Lord. May our delight be in the fear of the Lord. I'll see you all next week, Grace 242. Love you.